Ladies and gentlemen, it's fucking hot. It's uh, 95 here in Redmond, Oregon, and the forecast on Google here is smoke. <laughs> and it's it's ugly. It's looking like it out there. It looks like hell. And uh, we're feeling, feeling a little weighed down, but we're feeling motivated to get on with the next episode. Welcome to episode four. Uh, it's a special day. It is... The only day in the year, in fact, that it is Friday the 13th. Very special day. Um, we're celebrating in proper fashion. And uh, we're going to try our hand at something we haven't done yet, which is a, a kind of a focused episode in on a single topic, which is uh, just obviously Friday the 13th, and then a broader kind of range of just superstitions in general. And... Uh, and uh, yeah. Um, so before diving into the lucky number thirteen, I have a couple times that 12 pops up in history quite often. You may have heard of a few of these, Brandon. We have the t 12 days of Christmas. There's also 12 months in a year, 12 zodiac signs. There's 12 labors of Hercules, 12 gods of Olympus, and also 12 tribes of Israel. Um, so that's kind of the context. And it's, it's like... Uh, it's almost like, it reminds me of like six and seven. Like, you know, seven's like a holy, lucky number, right. fortune number. And then six, the next one, right, one next to it is the Usually opposite. Bad. Very bad. Pretty bad. Um, but we're not worrying about six this time. We're worrying about 13. And uh, we did some digging. Baker's dozen. Baker's dozen, dude. I never thought about that. Me neither, until just right now. Dude, that's, that's beautiful. That could be the episode's title right there. Um, okay, so basically, origins are pointing back to biblical traditions. Of yeah. course, we've heard, everyone's heard of the Last Supper, which uh, had 12 guests, 12 people in attendance until Judas had to show up. Yeah. And um, this is the Last Supper, of course, because it was, Jesus was crucified the next day, which is on a Friday. Uh but that is not the OG. You know, Christians always ripping off other traditions. And it was first kind of narrated in Norse mythology with Loki, the god of mischief, who very similarly was the 13th person in attendance to a banquet that they were having. And uh, one thing led to another, and one of the fellow gods ended up getting killed that, in that event as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of... Dinner parties being ruined yes. by the 13th guest. Yeah. In fact, that was a Christian tradition and is maybe still ongoing as people will refuse to have 13 people in attendance for their, right. to hosts at their home because it's, it's, it's bad, obviously. Bad juju. Um, also, reasonable or uh, honorable mention, uh, Friday was also said to be the day that Eve gave Adam the faithful apple, 
Apple from the Tree of Knowledge, and it's also the day that Cain ended up killing his brother Abel. Yeah. So that's just... So the common theme really is just that there's a lot of... I mean, I guess most superstition is probably rooted in religious origins, you know, um, like a whole lot of them are. Yeah, I think we're going to find, we're going to get to some of those broader ones a little bit later, for sure. Like, one that comes to mind is, like, bless you. Yeah. You know? God bless you. Like, it's funny that that one's kind of stuck around, stuck around like it has. Um, so that pretty much concludes, like, the general kind of history, which goes back, you know. It wasn't, I don't think it was popularized as 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 much until, you know, 19th, 20th century. Mm-hmm. And that's when the 13 Club was kind of popping off. Yeah. Captain William Fowler. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Tell us about it. What do you know? Well, apparently this dude, Captain William Fowler, wanted to get rid of the sort of stigma against the number 13. There was like, you know, that was already a thing established. You know, you're not, you shouldn't have 13 guests at the dinner table. So he made the 13 Club. And basically, they would regularly dine with 13 guests <laughs> and have 13 course dinners. And they would just like be saying, um, okay, so right here it says they would, they're in Latin, so they would say, Morituri te salutamus. Which means those of us who are about to die salute you. Yeah, that was very good Latin. Thank you. I hope it was right. <laughs> yeah, dude, they met. I some Satan or something real quick. They didn't always meet on Friday the 13th, but they got together on the 13th day of the month in room 13 of the Knickerbocker Cottage. Yeah. So basically, they were just trying to say no to that. Like, you know, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Trying, to, they're trying to push the boundaries say like we, it's, it's not real they were edgy contrarians exactly basically and then i mean you no, see, it, you see yeah. those names right there that were supposedly four former presidents yeah Grover, Grover got, cleveland that's my boy yeah yeah chester a arthur benjamin harrison and, and teddy roosevelt dude all got together partying that's kind of cool actually yeah like what the hell i wonder what type of fun those guys would get into over there? Freaky witch shit. Dude. <laughs> um, Some, that's probably the beginning, beginning of Bohemian Grove. Dude. Good point. Yeah, something like that. Skull and Bones. Yeah, like Skull and Bones. Yeah. Like Do you know anything like about that? The, you know much about Skull and Bones? Uh, not, no, not specifically. Just that it, it's supposed to be like one of those... Uh, uh, like underground groups, right? Yeah, it's like uh, the the elites meeting up, um, right? Yeah, I think it's like a. I think it's known as the Order. Oh boy, isn't it? Doesn't it begin at like the initial ranks or like a fraternity at some at certain schools? Yeah, it's an undergraduate se- undergraduate secret student society at Yale University. Oh geez, so okay, that's a little. It's a little more conspicuous, I guess, than I thought. Uh, or is it, dude? Could have been like, kind of reminds me of uh, Freemasons, which I wonder if that, oh, I wonder if Freemasons have any like superstition type stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, true. 
I think worth a quick Google. Yeah. But yeah, dude, the 13 Club, they're getting together late 19th century. It was a fucking New Yorker, dude. Mm-hmm. William Fowler fucking getting down. Um, yeah, interrupt me if you find something about that, but I was just going to move on to uh, an important milestone, which happens to be for the Friday the 13th kind of legend is uh, in the 1907 novel by the very name, Friday the 13th, a dude named Thomas William Lawson. And this was kind of a funny story um, of a New York City stockbroker who plays on superstitions about the date to create chaos on Wall Street and just reaping in the benefits of his manipulations, evidently, which... Sounds like such an American kind of book from the turn of the century there. Dude. Fucking 113 years ago. Damn. Falling out. 113 years ago. Oh, fuck. Well, 14 maybe. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. That, that one's kind of spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get too off topic, but I just think I found my favorite event link to Friday the 13th. Oh, shit. No, that's not off topic at all. Off topic at Apparently... All. Tupac Shakur died on the Friday the No 13th. fucking kidding. Yeah. Dude. And so did, yeah. I got a bunch of events right here, actually, that were all, you got any more? Well, there's just like a quick little, yeah, the, the bombing of Buckingham Palace. Yep, I'm seeing that one. Murder of Kitty Genovese. Yeah. Bunch of, damn. A cyclone that killed more than 300,000 people in Bangladesh in, in 1970. You see that one? <laughs> Yeah. The disappearance of a Chilean Air Force plane in the Andes in 72. Oh, I'm seeing that now in 96, yeah. And the crash of the Costa Concordia cruise ship off the coast of Italy, mm. killing 30 people in January 2012. It would lead, I don't know. Obviously, like, if you type into Google, like, tragedies yeah. of any single day of the year, well, you're going to yeah, get, like, a be list some crazy of, shit. It's just funny to see the things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it would lead some people to be Dude, afraid yeah. of it, which what, isn't there's a word for that. The um, afraid, oh, fear man. of the number 13. Dude, you want to fucking, I think it's fear of the Friday the 13th. Well, that's right. an even longer one. So, oh, okay. okay. So, do you want to try to pronounce that shit? Yeah, I think fear of the number 13 is triskaidekaphobia. Dude, you're so good. That was just like Latin, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Should try some languages out. Some Francois. Yeah, try that again. Say that again so no, it wasn't a jinx. Triscadescophobia? Triscadecophobia? There you go. There's no there's no second S. Triscadecophobia. No, that's pretty good. That's the But now there there so there's that, but I guess the actual fear of the day, Friday the thirteenth, is conjunction of that and then also the fear of Fridays, which I don't know the word of, but I'm done. There is for the actual phobia for fear of Friday the 13th, and this one's hard. Yeah. Um, Paraskevidekatriphobia. <laughs> Paraskevidekatriphobia. Count it. <laughs> I'll count it. Yeah, no. That, one's, that one sounds made up. Like, you're just, like... <laughs> yeah, a lot of those are ridiculous. But... They're all, like, compound, like, German word, like, right. style, you know? There's, like, 75-letter words in German. Yeah, fucking. It's kind of like, I don't know, when they're making the, um, what is it, the, uh, 
the Latin name for like animals or whatever, like the root name for them. Oh, what sure. Called. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the genus and the species and the fucking. Yeah. Like some of those are definitely like, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all super tongue twisters too. Yeah. For the most part. Um, dude, yeah, but that phobia is real. I mean, I was seeing like statistics all across the board as far as like how many people are legitimately afraid. I'm sure it's a spectrum, of course, but I mean. It I did come across multiple times where it said that like people will avoid getting married and people will avoid flying and people will avoid right. like uh, buying a house even yeah. or some or sometimes even going to work. Yeah. So like that's well, hardcore. Yeah, and I thought it was hilarious that I mean I think I've heard of this before, but I, I didn't like until it's a little coming up doing this episode but like the, how um, some tall buildings will skip the 13th floor or whatever. Yeah, I came across that too. I mean, that, I know for sure I've seen photos where, like, on the fucking uh, elevator panel, yeah, button panel, uh, just, no, 12. <laughs> so funny. Um, so, like, what happens when you have to, like, take something to the 13th floor? You just It's don't? just ridiculous because <laughs> technically there's going to be a 13th floor. It's just numerically, you know what I mean? Like, I guess there the, would be one less than what the, the, the highest number is, right? I mean, if it went up to, I, I mean, because it's skipping. So, if it's, say, it's a... 100 story building it's really 99 stories because unless they literally have like no it'd be no it'd be 101 stories or it would just be 100 stories but all the uh past 13 the numbering would be wrong right okay yeah yeah. i mean like i'm just imagining that they would have like just one floor that's just empty no 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 no. (laughs) which would be even spookier yeah yeah uh it's it's gone far with some folks dude yeah but, um, I yeah, guess I mean superstition. Yeah, and we're getting like you know we were, you know a lot of, like sometimes uh, people are afraid of like you know deathly afraid. But sometimes there's some fun superstitions, you know, like mm-hmm. like stepping on a crack, break your mama's back, dude. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, some people probably take that seriously too. But before we get into <laughs> that, real quick on this kind of pop culture side of things, we have to discuss the 1980 horror film that we just watched in preparation for this. <laughs> Uh, episode and um, yeah 1980 uh, neither of us had seen it before it mm. is so classic in so many regards like I've seen horror movies that have filled like a very similar model to this just like yeah well they, they're always saying it's the one that started it all you know oh like, is that you, right yeah like you can tell how tropey it is like you can't even say that it's like cliche or trope yeah because it's original like yeah that's the original one and so like all the movies that like from then on that's what they're copying yeah you know so it's kind of it's funny to see that it was corny and cheesy and there was a lot of like fucking dorky reactions and dorky acting of course but something that i kind of liked is that the mystery that you're kind of revealed at the end and you're I'm not sure, maybe I'm I'm naive but I wasn't sure whether or not it was spoiler alert was Jason or not doing the killing or if it was his mom No yeah I'm still not sure like cuz he shows himself for a split second at the very end of the movie but you're not you're not made clear I mean we can we can discuss There's like this. a few shots where it's like a hand that's like cutting someone's throat and so it kind of looks like a man's hand but it's like gloved or something so you can't like really tell well i think the idea is that that it's like water damaged like it's like rotten like water rotted like his his skin and everything has like just like 
gone in the first forms of like breaking down and yeah whatnot you know yeah well that's what i mean so it's just like you still can't tell because like just the way it's shot like i don't know i i think it's probably better that you don't know because i mean obviously there's obviously it's jason later on yes you know um but as of at the end of the movie it looks like he's not even out of the lake (laughs) right right so maybe if we watch part two because it looks like it goes to part five with all that same like they made five and eight yeah, in like five years, they just. I don't know how out. like it goes, like because there's like the son of Jason, and like there's like all the offshoots. I don't know if like because like yeah, there's the numbered ones like part two, three, and four. I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that might be like a direct. Because I wonder if that makes the other ones like non, um, like non-canon or something. You know what I mean? No, well, they're made by the first five or whatever. Were all made by the same kind of studio and company and director and and whatnot. They're all like the same act. Actually, that the woman that survives is actually in the second movie, oh. and everything. But yeah, so obviously, so basically, this movie is a horror film. Um, it's it's kind of like pop culture's uh, reveal to us in our you know past past generations, closest generations. And there, it's really not like oded to or referred to at, at all in the movie, except there's one scene where one of the characters is getting a ride from a, a policeman, which is, obvi- is funny because there would never be like a friendly policeman in like a movie today, you know, like, but this guy's just like the homie, like hooking everybody up, just like friendly, friendly cop, <laughs> yeah. portrayed really well, just like a good old boy. And the line is, the, the, the cop says while he's driving through the, like, storming, just pissing down rain. He says, it's not bad enough to have Friday the 13th. We've got to have a full moon, too. We keep statistics. We have more accidents, more rapes, more robberies, more homicides, more of everything when there's a full moon. It upsets people, makes them nuts. And then Steve replies, you're making a science out of coincidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my favorite part, my favorite line in the movie. And that's the only time that anything about anything besides that, it's just the plot is basically just these, uh, six or seven, uh, young twenties kids showing up to a couple of weeks before summer camp starts for younger kids. And they're just kind of fixing the place up on this lake and they just get picked off one by one, um, throughout the movie, yeah. all within the, the span of an evening. Or like an afternoon and an evening, and uh, yeah, it basically goes back to um, uh, a few years prior in this storyland. A young, a, a kid, Jason, drowns in the lake, because and uh, it's all no thanks to the camp counselors who were shagging in a cabin. Yeah, they were. While I pointed that out pretty yeah, clearly, yeah, that was a very important fact. <laughs> uh, and so this kid drowned and died, and um, that's basically the, the origin of one of I our. It's actually an important detail, probably later. It on. It may come up, yeah, I could see that, but it's like that's the origin of one of our most notorious like film horror. Um, yeah, uh, what am I looking for? Just. Just like antagonist horror, horror icons, like yeah, horror icon, and that's it's just because he drowned you. because two kids were fucking and couldn't save him. Yeah, like that's that's the that's the roots of the story. <laughs> so it's pretty good origin. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. You know, America. I still think I liked uh, Friday the... I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street more, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Is that within the Friday the 13th universe? I don't think so until they make... Freddy versus Jason. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Freddy, yeah. That's... Which I don't think is a real... I don't think that has anything to do with, like, the actual yeah. story. I think it's just, like, a made-up yeah. fanfic fiction, basically. Yeah. It's like when they do the DC versus Marvel, like, fucking battle ops. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But they're those are both, like, regarded as, like, the two OG horror films. Which two? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th came before, I think like four years before, actually. Um, uh, 1984, so yeah, four years later. Nice, good guess. But, uh, so yeah, we ended no, up... I appreciated watching that, that was a good one. Yeah, no, it was great, it was a great way to celebrate the, the like, half holiday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, basically... We call it a holiday, I In guess. summary, we went from Norse mythology... Loki, the god of mischief, fucking mm. up a dinner party. And America had to have its spin first <laughs> by making a, a man on, in the stock market manipulate the market due to um, superstitions and then into a horror movie, which didn't have a lot of tits. We kept on waiting for tits. We had one half a tit, like one full tit. Yeah. Because so I'm used to, that's what I was used to, rack. you know, like growing up watching like early 2000s horror movies, you know, like you're guaranteed some tits. Oh, in the 80s for sure. Well, no, I'm saying when we were growing up, like. Oh, yeah. So I was expecting just like. Just let unadulterated. It all, just, just let it all go. Just like <laughs> go. someone, I, would, I wouldn't have been surprised if someone's tit got chopped off. Yeah, I know. You know, that would have been fair game. So. It's on more naked men. Really? Yeah, which, you know, I'm not going to complain. No, it's all right. But. <laughs> Sweet. That pretty much concludes our, our history section of, the, of this uh, adventure. And then we're going to kind of just branch off into some other common superstitions kind of in Western society and in just the world, the greater world. <clears throat> so I wanted to ask Brandon, and he's going to list off a few here. Give me just off the top of your head or just maybe... Of course, you can't deny the ones that you've kind of recently seen, but just kind of go off, list off some, and then I'm going to see if I can list off any that you forget just offhand. Uh, just like the fun ones, like, uh, well, one, I see one common one that a lot of people do is knock on wood. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that do that. Just Exactly. Real quick. Um, and then to, I think accompanying that, which I only mentioned, I only interrupt you because it kind of is another one that like everybody does. And it's more of like a cultural habit than like a superstition necessarily, right. which is just. Yeah, because I was <clears throat> just about to say kind of like to that is a lot for me is that I forget these things even exist until people bring them up, you know. So it's always funny seeing people that do follow it and remember yeah. that sort of like habit. Yeah. Whether it's even they're thinking of the superstition itself or, yeah, like it's just like, like a habit. Like, yeah. Which is. Funny. Or with, with the example of like God bless you or just bless you or. Ex, right. or I, okay. I say that. I say God bless you. Yeah. I, or I don't say God bless you. I just say bless you. Yeah. Which is same deal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because it feels rude if you don't. Right. It's like a, it's a courtesy, you know, and I personally. Which is a cultural thing, you know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I personally don't do that. If I feel obliged, like I'm in like a, 
dynamic with somebody that like they're kind of be expecting like some respect. Yeah. I'll say like excuse like uh I'll say like excuse you or like soon tight just kind of joking around. Yeah. Bless you is kind of like a cringy thing. I say that like ironically to people. Yeah. You know. Like, well, I, I say God bless like yeah, ironically like sure, funny. Sure. Like that's funny. Yeah. But um okay so that's two easy ones. Yeah. Fucking uh every, bless- time, every time I see a black cat I think yeah. of- What's that guy up to? Yep, yep. <laughs> and that's the classic one is don't don't walk over a black cat's path, of course. Is that like always or is it just like on Friday the 13th or like no, what? No, like, dude, I think I, that's... Like you're supposed to avoid black cats in general? No, I think that's pretty much always, but we can... I didn't do. I didn't look up exactly what that one was. I actually, now, now that we're think, talking about you, this, you know I just... the background? Re- no, this is going to be sadder than that, but... <laughs> I think I just remembered, I think, like, this was back when I was, like, on Facebook a lot, but people would, I think on Friday the 13th, I swear, people would put out, like, a PSA to, like, shelter black cats. Because, like, apparently it's a thing that people will kill black cats on Friday the 13th. like to, like, balance out the luck. Yeah. And so people were, like, you know, they're, like, don't fucking hurt the black cats, you know, basically. Just like pleading that that happens, I, like I've I've definitely seen that before. Jesus, which is sad. That's brutal. Yeah, but I mean that. I mean that just is a. That's proof that people take that shit serious. More maybe more people take that seriously than not. I assume that it has to do with witches, though. Well, I got a little little write up right here that we can. Is it witches? Go into. I, um, I put money on witches. Okay, I got money on witches. <laughs> the root is European, evidently. Though cats have often been associated with good luck rather than its opposite, and were even worshipped as gods in ancient Egypt, things right. took a turn for the worst for our dark-colored feline friends sometime around the Dark Ages, when in 1232 A.D., a papal bull by Pope Gregory IX declared them an incarnation of Satan. <laughs> Satan. Dude, yeah. Things only went downhill yes. for black, kids from, black cats from there. People of the Middle Ages burning them in bonfires on holy days like Shrove Tuesday, the first Sunday of Lent, and even Easter, and with the Puritans in America connecting them to the practice of witchcraft. Also, the color black has long been associated with evil and death, which doesn't help matters for our furry friends who had the misfortune of being born the color of the night. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that wasn't as exciting, but it sounds like people have been... Doing some little bit of animal abuse over the years. <laughs> Bonfires? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not great. No, that's not that's good not at great. all. Okay, what else you got? What else what else what else can you list off? Um Oh, I just thought of another me. one. I just excuse I'm just being introduced to another one that we totally all do that I didn't consider. Mm. And it's really silly. Mm. Crossing your fingers? Yeah. Yeah. Like I I've done that like out of just like yeah impulse okay. I guess maybe not uh, yeah I think I've done it to like show a gesture to people <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah like right going good in, luck like, yeah there you e- go. either to me or to somebody else mm-hmm. you know um not really like a gesture or something you do I guess but like just mirrors in general are pretty weird there's a lot of like different things like involving mirrors like oh yeah well there's breaking a mirror gives you seven years of bad luck right that one's pretty fun i think i've broken a few mirrors in my life that could explain bad luck i have maybe dude yeah well uh 
when I was like 14, me and my friend were shooting a slingshot at a mirror that was just like leaned up against the barn at my grandma's house, and that, that, that shit shattered really bad. So that probably cursed so me when for you're, a while. So when you're 13, so until you're 20, yeah, at least I guess you were fucked. Yeah, and if I'll, I'll have to think about it, like maybe some bad things happened between then. Damn. I didn't well, get my DUI, which was bullshit. It was pretty unlucky. That was probably oh, wow. my unluckiest day. Dude, and that was at the, would have been at the very end of that, too. Yeah. Damn. Bro. Well, that you can blame that on the, our ancient Greek and Roman uh, thinkers and, and peoples. Damn, we just fucking cracked the code. Yeah, I just no, like that's, brain just that's beautiful. I'm, I'm loving that progress there. Um, this says the belief that a broken mirror brings bad luck most likely has its origin in the simple fact that reflections of ourselves are uncanny and often unnerving. So humans have long had bad association associations with them. Take, for example, the Greek myth of Narcissus or the idea <laughs> that a crack in a mirror would somehow break its charm or trap one's soul. I'm not satisfied. Okay. Yeah. The soul capture. Okay. That's what I was going to bring up. So like there's the break in it. And I'm sure that has to do with, like, probably you're killing someone's soul in the mirror, and that's why it's bad luck. But just the, okay, there's, yeah, like, uh, I think, okay, I'm not even going to guess where the origin comes from, but I know some cultures think, like, yeah, like, staring into a mirror too long, your soul is going to get sucked in there. Okay. And, like, your person walking, when you walk away from the mirror, that's not, that's not really you, you know. And I, th- I think that has to do with the Bloody Mary thing. You know, the old. No. You look in the mirror, like you, uh, with, with the lights off. I think it has to be Halloween, maybe. Oh, you say Bloody Mary three times, and Bloody Mary shows up in the mirror, or like real life oh, kills you. Oh, well, like, fuck, kills your ass. Yeah, that's yeah, you did. That's another superstition, mm-hmm. I guess. But I hadn't heard it. I don't know how familiar with that I was. Bloody I Mary. wasn't satisfied with that little mirrors thing, so I found another little piece here that I got. And it says, in ancient Greece, it was common for people to consult mirror seers who told their fortunes by analyzing their reflections. Um, divination was performed by means of water and a looking glass. This was called catoptromancy. The mirror was dipped into the water, and a sick person was asked to look into the glass. If his image appeared distorted, he was likely to die. If clear, he would live. In the first century AD, the Romans added a caveat to the superstition. At that time, it was believed that people's health changed in seven-year cycles. A distorted image resulting from a broken mirror therefore meant seven years of ill health and misfortune rather than outright death. So maybe it's like breaking a mirror itself is bad, but maybe its roots started with like seeing a reflection of yourself from a broken mirror. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Which kind of makes a little bit more sense. It's like, because you're seeing... You're dis- you're physically distorting your your physical self. Well, that's kind of funny you mentioned that because this right here, kind of what I'm reading uh, based off of the Bloody Mary thing, um, it talks about mirror distortion phenomenon, and that, like if you like look at a mirror in a dim lit room long enough, you it will start to distort. Just oh, naturally, your eyes right. will start like because something like the way what I don't even know how you make a mirror. <laughs> I know yeah. it's like really polished paint or whatever it is you know that they got on there i have no idea i saw it one time like they yeah they dip it in like a liquid and they they have a solution they grind it and yeah they just keep adding solution until it's polished so polished that it's reflective you know okay but yeah i don't know that's that's just funny how mirrors are really um looked at that way um 
Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so a few that we haven't gone over here was uh, if you spill salt, toss them over your left shoulder. Oh, I love that one. Avoid bad luck. I've done um, that. I like pizza places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you been? Are you familiar with the one about hanging a horseshoe on your door open end up for good luck? Uh, I know for I sure. I know like horseshoes are a lucky charm. Okay. So yeah. same as like rabbit's feet. Yeah. And like a clover, I guess. Clover is supposed to be. Four leaf clover. Yeah. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Which it's is funny. Those are fun. I yeah. Like those, those are positive. <laughs> it's funny how luck, it's like lucky stuff like that hasn't come up as much in our research about superstitions. Like I haven't seen anything about four leaf clover or any. That's a superstition, shit. right? Like, what is it? Like, because like a superstition is just like a, a belief, right? Like that's kind of like a, a non-explained belief. Let's see or, what. Let's see what the goddamn dictionary says about it. Yeah, it's a belief or practice typically resulting from ignorance or pseudoscience <laughs> that is mistakenly attributed to fate or magic, perceived supernatural influence, or fear of which is unknown. It's funny. Actually, I hadn't thought about this until just now. I just finished that Mark Twain collection, and there's a lot of weird, superstitious things. Maybe that could be something you can look up. Mark just Twain. Uh, yeah, go to like uh, Huckleberry Finn superstitions, or Tom Sawyer would work too. Like, there is tons of weird shit that like I wasn't sure if um, if Mark Twain was kind of just like trying to characterize people of that of that era and that class and location as having these kind of wanky almost like voodoo-y kind of like okay beliefs you know and 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 like they only believed in that stuff because they were like the simpletons you know the naive like layman people mm-hmm. and and whatnot is anything coming up at all not for yet. that shit uh, yeah fuck that's gonna be kind of a harder one but it came up quite a bit um, you can keep digging on that. Honestly, some 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 racist stuff has been coming up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not what I was talking about. It, it was like, I know, it was like they just oh, right if you get sna- if you get bit by a snake, you gotta like twirl in a circle four times to like ward off the fucking poison or something. It was like practical, practical use stuff, or like you wouldn't um, go swimming after doing X. YZ, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, this is talking about something. In the very first chapter, Huck accidentally flicks a spider into a candle flame. When this happens, he comments, I didn't need anybody to tell me that that was an awful bad sign and would fetch me some bad luck. So I scared <laughs> yeah. and Mo shook. And I, so I was scared <laughs> and Mo shook the clothes off me. Yeah. See, there's little stuff. So like, like burning or killing a spider is like bad luck or something? Like just little things like that? Yeah, like, like actually, I think that is indeed one of them that's referenced is the spiders in particular, okay. not just anything. But again, clearly, um, Huck believes superstition about the snakeskin and blames it for the troubles he and Jim have run into since they found it. Yeah, snakeskin. Snake skin. That's another um, device for superstition there. Yeah, that's a good one. I should have did a little. I should have considered that more and did a little bit more digging about that. One sign he does talk about is that having hairy arms and a hairy chest means you will be rich someday. Okay, that's another good one. This, this, like the snakeskin, comes true for him. Okay. 
Yeah, a lot of those ones were more in the genre I considered like overlapping like what we consider uh, an old wives tale yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, which again, or another like area of superstition that we didn't dive into at all that may have been worth a good, some research. Yeah. Trying uh, to, can just, you think of any off? Just trying to think of something like, something like your grandpa would say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or just like, you know, treating in like weird treatments for ailments that were just like, Oh, that's kind of like a wives tale. Like if you, well, like how to treat hiccups or something. I've heard of like you're not supposed to. Actually, I know a few people that believe this. Like if you keep your window open at night or something, um, it's bad, bad luck. Like it'll make you deathly ill. Like it'll, like your soul is like being leaving. Like have you ever heard of that? No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, because uh, my soul's fucking gone then. Because <laughs> I sleep with my window <laughs> Me open. Me too. Or that actually, I think it was that because I, I think that has something to do with like. Thomas Jefferson or some shit like that, but oh, actually, it's not Jeff. I'm getting that mixed up with um, sleeping with a fan on. You're not supposed to sleep with a fan on. Oh fuck that! That's some bullshit too. I do that too. I'm, I mean, I just fill all the boxes. Right <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Fan death. No. Fan death is a belief that running an electric fan in a closed room with an unopened or no windows will cause death. That's While ridiculous. no concrete evidence supports to this concept, belief in fan death persisted in the <laughs> wait. Belief in fan death persisted in the mid two thousands in South Korea. That's right. I think it is like a Korean thing, but it, that's funny because I've had several like coworkers mention it. Like one when I worked at the hotel in Eugene, Angela, she was like, "No," like she. I remember one time she mentioned it. Like she. Does that's not ridiculous. Sleep with, yeah, she does not sleep with. Dude, can you imagine all the people that just walk amongst us in this in this life that just believe in the wackest shit like that? Yeah. Dude. I haven't really thought about it, but it, it was kind of dude, any given person fun on exercise the sidewalk. today to think about all these things. I know, dude. Something I wanted to... I've had this brought up for a minute now, and I wanted to get to it just because it's such a common thing. that, And this is probably the only one that I do and actually give it any merit, although, like, deep down I don't and that's just knocking on wood it just feels like appropriate sometimes when you like say some like outlandish shit that you kind of think is an unstable thing uh-huh. like you almost you're insecure about it you know so you're like i'm gonna steal the deal by just fucking knocking on wood right. so let's go i'm gonna go down with this one really quick it's indo-european celtic or possibly british okay well this might not be the best here <laughs> um some suggest roots in indo-european or Celtic belief that spirits, good and bad, reside in trees who could either be called upon for protection or chased away by knocking on their home. And others, particularly Christians, linking in the practice to, I know, to magical power of the wooden crucifix. Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. If that's really why we do knock on wood because of wooden crucifixes, I- <laughs> I'm so sad. Most likely among the different theories historians have attributed to the superstition a uh, 19th century British children's game called Tiggy Touchwood, <laughs> in which young players claimed immunity from being tagged by touching the nearest piece of wood. <laughs> Adults picked up on the habit and the phrase the British still say today, touch wood. What the hell? Well, that's, that's zany. Uh, as with many superstitions, there are subtle variations and sometimes not so subtle variant origins. 
Italians touch steel rather mm. than wood. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I think I have. Well, Italians are very superstitious, apparently. Okay. <laughs> okay. Perhaps more related to iron horseshoes. Poles and Russians touch unpainted wood. Turks knock twice. Latin American knock on wood with no legs. <laughs> Chairs, for example. Uh, okay. Chairs have legs. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> And this just is trying to be kind of cute. It says it's best to memorize them all before traveling. Oh, God. Dude. Okay, well, that's, those are good ones. Um, that's cute. So walking under a ladder we didn't bring up. No. Uh, I feel like that just seems like a bad idea. Just, right. You know, you just like, that's like probably, it's like one of those things where it's like parents told them like not to, like turn it into a superstition to keep people from doing it. You know, yeah. like someone's kid probably like knocked over some of their dad on the ladder one day. Fuck, <laughs> I didn't really want to go into this one, but it it's, it's, it, there's a possibly Egyptian route here. Uh, or Christian, of course. Um, has its roots in Christian symbolism of the Holy Trinity, yeah. which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you didn't that's, go, that's what it looks like when the ladder's open. Right, if right. Want to imagine an angle. that a little triangle. The triangle with its three sides came to be regarded as sacred as well, and a ladder, of course, forms as a triangle. Yeah. So naturally, to walk under that ladder would be to destroy <laughs> the sanctity of the Trinity and thus incur punishment. <laughs> which is okay. So just and go then, to hell if you walk under a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the Egyptians apparently thought that one might accidentally spot a god going up or down on a ladder and so avoided it. Must have made building all those tall pyramids difficult. Okay, shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Get I just thought about the Triforce, though. And it. Like Zelda? Yeah. And how it might have roots in, like, the Holy Trinity kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, like, uh, like. Western, like, yeah, yeah, like, Western, like, allegorical shit, like, on for Zelda, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the the setting is, like, magical knights and castles and shit, so that's not any Eastern culture thing. No. But that's one of the best game fucking franchises (laughs) ever, so. Sweet. Well, I, how about touching on a couple from, uh outside of our culture or outside of our kind of region here. This is one that is funny from Turkey. Chewing gum at night. (laughs) Uh, It's thought that after dark, chewing gum is magically transformed, like the mogwai in the movie Gremlins, (laughs) who turn into the titular monsters if they eat after midnight into Uh, the flesh of the dead. That's all it gives us, too. Uh, looks like the number four is is assigned some magical significance in China. Yeah, apparently four oh. means, four, like, translates to uh, death. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right on. So that's, that's why. So that one has a little bit more logical origin. If you're, you know, phonetically saying the same thing for death and for a numerical number, you know? Yeah. You're going to have some, you know, somebody mixed, somebody at the office was fucking up that day when they made the (laughs) languages, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they didn't think of that one. Um, 
Uh, sort of another translation one I know of is that why Italians fear the number 17. Because, um, you know, they're, they go with the Roman numerals XVII can be rearranged to mean Vici, which means my life has ended. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, you don't want anything like that. So they, like, yeah, they'll, like, not have number 17 on their stuff, apparently, okay. sometimes. Yeah. Just because. Kind of like how we have the, like, other, like, th- the number 13 floors and shit, but, like, they'll have it, like, on, I guess, speedometers and things. We'll have, like, 17 Son or something. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Similar, <laughs> um, similar vibe or similar, um, yeah. placeholder, each of those. Right. Share. Uh, this one's kind of fun. Writing love letters to Juliet Capulet, an Italian kind of thing. Uh, in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, the male member of the doomed pair of lovers was known to frequent the foot of Juliet's balcony in order to send up his nightly entreaties and missives of love. At the Casa di Giulietta in Verona, Italy, where the Capuletti family supposedly lived, Visitors can write their own love letters and even rub the right breast of the nearby statue of Juliet. Why the right breast? <laughs> this is all done in hopes to earning her favor like the Romeo of long ago, even in the pair themselves were even if the pair themselves were not so lucky. That's kind of fun. That it's funny. a fun tradition. I don't um, hate that one. I know of like wearing hats inside. Oh not, yeah. You're not supposed to do that. I don't know. That might be more of a customary thing too, though. Yeah. Well, okay, how about, like, opening umbrellas inside? Yes, that one came up on here. Uh, that one. Do you know the origin of that one? Yeah, apparently that's something to do with, like, uh, this, like, pissing off the sun god. Oh. I don't know where it originated from, but that's what I'm, I've been, I've heard. You don't want to do that. Yeah, don't want to piss off the sun god, like I think we did. Yeah, we definitely pissed off the fucking sun god. We can't see him anymore. Probably for (laughs) another fucking month. So sad. Um, So it sounds like the Egyptians might be behind the umbrella thing, too. Mm, That makes sense. Sun gods. True. Sun Ra. Is that Ra? Um, Let's see. It says... the superstition that surrounded Pharaoh's sunshades were actually quite different and probably unrelated to the modern day one about rain gear. Okay. Most historians think the warning against the, the unfurling umbrellas inside originated much more recently in England. Okay. Well, a rigidly spoked umbrella opening suddenly in a small room could seriously injure an adult or a child or shatter a fra- fragile object even a minor accident can provoke unpleasant words or so i mean that just sounds more like a practical thing like common sense you see yeah i figured it was like just one of those things like i, I like who, who, who why are you opening up an umbrella indoors man yeah why are you doing that yeah it's kind of like a slap in the face of yeah so it's like exactly it's like it's like telling kids that porcupines shoot the quills you know it keeps them keeps the kids away Okay, I, I think I see what you're saying. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, it's for idiots. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You, tell, you scare the idiots so they don't open up umbrellas inside and break your shit. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm a little dissatisfied with, with that ex- explanation there. 
Yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much all that we got. I have one kind of kicker to uh, add on to that, which is uh, a local superstition that I may have told you about one time, or you may be familiar. You've definitely taken this route. But um, growing up, there's this place uh, about four miles or so, three miles from government camp on the other side of 26, going to Portland from here. Okay. Uh, and it's called Silent Rock. And it's this corner right before it starts getting, it opens up quite a bit. And there's big view and, and big cliffs on, on the side of the road. And it's this pretty fat rock that's a good, you know, couple hundred feet high, I would say. And the superstition is that as you drive past this rock, you have to remain completely silent. And it that in doing so, you will um, have safe passage on uh, as a skier doing your your dangerous skiing and and also like probably road like being able to drive home and blah 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 like it's it gives you safe passage by saying by being quiet and that includes turning off the music being quiet for who Just for this rock oh the, for this okay. fucking corner in the road where the the road so the rock will kill you or you I, make a bad bad luck for if you're just <laughs> I, it's the power of the rock i guess yeah. but it's just like a it's a superstition that i've heard most multiple locals and people growing up and everything i and don't think i've heard that that's been with one. people that do that that's a good one yeah and i don't do that <laughs> do you just I just cruise. I just cruise and fucking whatever, dude. I mean, blasting some gorillas passing by. Yeah, I don't, I'm not scared of them. Fucking rock, but that's that's a thing, dude. Silent rock. I'm sure you could find something about Silent that too. But rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's dude. That kind of reminds me of uh, the night marchers. Yeah. See, and I was gonna bring that up too. It, it's it, there's a fine line that you dance between like. Like, when does something stop being a superstition and start just being, like, a cultural kind of belief? Because right. obviously that's, like, a like a generational... And it's more embedded into, like, their theology than it right. is, like, their... You could probably ask a whole bunch of Hawaiians and they would be, like, would tell you about the night marchers. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Not everybody, even in Oregon, knows about Southern oh. Rock. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it'd just be a Portland local thing. Um, exactly. Brandon's referring to this thing called Night Marchers, which is a like a Hawaiian legend that we've learned of through our, our Hawaiian friend. And it's basically this um, legion of ghosts, ghosts yeah. that carry torches through the night and through the through the um, forest and the, on the mountain the jungle and all you can all that's visible is their torches right is their torches or the flame from their torches and there's some sort of thing that you're supposed to do like stop drop and roll kind of thing you're like, supposed to like just get on your hands and knees and like keep your head to like the floor i think like, right you're not supposed to look at them right or else right. they'll take your soul or whatever yeah yeah and, yeah like, you're supposed to just let them pass right like, they'll, they'll, right. Pa- they'll pass over you yeah and and they're for, and they're forgiving and they're merciful in that way. But then if you don't do that, the the story goes Some bad juju happens. Yeah. So that's a good one. Um, and then there were a couple other like. Um, that's one of my favorites. I love that one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it, it also reminds me of uh, of duendes in the <laughs> duendes. in like some Hispanic uh, or Latin cultures, and duendes translates to dwarves. Yeah. And I I'm gonna. Maybe that's something you could Google really quick because I don't want to get it wrong. But it's basically just um, little mischievous dwarves that 
uh, will come and commit burglary on you, I believe, if you... Maybe maybe you, you can be completely innocent. Yeah, they're mischievous. Yeah, what do you got about them? Um, in Spanish, uh, the direct sort of contractional phase translates to master of the house. Oh. And so, yeah, I think they... Uh, looks like they just like to break in your house and sort of, like, move things around. And but what triggers it? Um, so let's say Latin America. Oh, this says that some believe that duendes are little helpers that you'll find in the forest. Yeah. Okay. They'll help you find your way home. And maybe it's, they're not dwarves. Maybe they're more like a gnome. Yeah. I think a, a gnome would be more accurate. They're just like little, little humanoid looking little freaks. Yeah. Okay. Don't say that. They're cool. <laughs> oh, it they says, attempt to clip the toenails of unkempt children. Oh my god. Oh, I'm seeing this now. Yeah, Hispanic folklore of Mexico and the American Southwest. There are gnome-like creatures who live inside the walls of homes. Yeah, they just- especially in the bedroom <laughs> walls of young children. They attempt to clip the toenails of unkept children, often leading to the mistaken removal of entire toes. Wow. So that's probably, dude, that probably has to do with, like, you know, keeping your toes off the edge of the bed because the monster will get you. Oh, yeah. Fucking, what is that, the boogeyman? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. It says belief in duendes still exists among among a few different uh, Latin groups. And they are also commonly found in mossy forests. Of mountain ranges. Typed in the boogeyman and came up with the American professional wrestler. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Looks pretty cool. Boogeyman, though. That's a good one. Yeah. Goya. I've heard that. Goya. Goya. We're teetering on the boundaries of kind of like folklore. Yeah, and like, exactly. And like, and, like uh, and monsterisms and yeah. things. Turning it into like, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, monsters. Yeah. That's good stuff, though. Yeah, I think that's pretty good stuff. The only other kind of topic that I wanted to touch on in kind of conclusion was uh, any personal experiences or any experiences from friends that do funky, weird shit that are not really based in reason or logic or... Do you got anything comes to mind? I got one that I've done kind of on and off throughout my life, but it's been years since I've done it now. Not too many years, a handful, but I I would my, I would, it's really weird. I'm kind of like ashamed and embarrassed to talk about it. It's like, <laughs> I would set these really weird prophecies for myself that would be based in like really really, um, just mundane things. As little as like, you know, I would say to myself like, if this car passes me before we get to this intersection, like I'm gonna have a successful blank uh, okay. or like or like if i do this action with my left hand i'm gonna have like a favorable like this thing that i want done is okay. going to come true you know or like this person's gonna like respect me if i fucking finish this job within 30 minutes or just like mm-hmm. and but the, like those people wouldn't be related to be like person z would be impressed with me you know it's like not they're not 
relevant. It's like these really weird. It's like unhealthy. It, you know, I may, I may be describing like a, some sort of mental hiccup. You know, that like people struggle with that I don't know the name of it. You know, or whatever. But it it was literally like it wasn't a healthy habit of mine. You know, it was like I was in like this kind of quasi manic kind of like mind state okay. doing this. I don't know if it quite. It's the closest thing I can do to this. Like I never really gave a fuck about any superstitious things like stepping on cracks or like, you know, yeah. Like fake stuff. I, yeah. I mean, it's all fake, fake, but, but I never did like the traditional things. Like really, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I've had a couple of friends. My one friend Chase was mentioning to me the other day about how, when he was younger, he used to only do things in even numbers. Okay. Shit like that. Uh, I guess I have one where I like, um, yeah, I I don't know where I got this from, but I always put like when I'm changing the volume on something, I always try to have it on an even number. Ooh. I don't like putting on odd numbers. Just when you're changing the volume to something? Yeah, whether it's like in the radio or TV or whatever, it says the like the number of the volume, you know? That's funny. I can't leave it on an odd number. It fucks with me. You still do that? I still do that. That's funny. <laughs> See, that counts, bro. I'm sure there's a lot of subtle things like that that are more maybe impulses than like you think bad things are going to happen. Right. It's like, it. it's like, it's uh, like annoyances or little ticks. Like not, yeah. not even like They're a tick. Like, or yeah. Just like, yeah, I guess things that like bother you and like yeah. it makes it right when you do that. <laughs> but it kind of falls into that superstition category too. I think it's just cause it's like, cause you're making it out of a phony, you're, you're, you're modifying reality yeah. to your, you're bending kind of reality to your own. Well, yeah. Cause there's no, like, like, like with that, there's no real reason why I couldn't leave it on an odd number, you know, like it, it's it's right. like it's like even numbers sound better to me, even though that's probably complete yeah, bullshit. Yeah, you're partial. <laughs> you're partial to that, and so it it becomes kind of habitual. Comes kind of an impulse, like I said. But I mean, and that's probably where a lot of superstition comes from is just repetition and habits passed on. You know, obviously tied in with a lot of religious stuff. But so I mean, to I mean, fill into the definition, it's it's a belief or practice typically resulting from ignorance or pseudoscience, mistakenly attributed to fate or magic. Pseudoscience. So like fate, it'd be a fate thing. Like yeah, I guess is where mine would qualify. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, if I do this, this will happen. Yeah, it was like prophecies. You know, it was like self fulfilling prophecy, sort of. Like. Kind of, but doesn't that have the doesn't that have the connotation that you can't fail? Like, you, like if you did the opposite, like what do you no, mean? No, like, well, maybe we should be familiar with what self. Oh, self fulfilling. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I thought self fulfilling prophecy is like usually a negative thing. Like you're saying, like it's that won't happen, but you by you thinking so much that oh right, you're trying to avoid that. You do yeah that thing that makes it happen. You're actually 100 percent right. <laughs> it's it's a process through which an originally false expectation leads to its own confirmation. Yeah. Uh, in a self-fulfilling prophecy, an individual's expectations about another person or entity eventually result in the other person or entity acting in ways that confirm the expectations. So it's kind of just like... I'm trying to think of an example. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like an example. It's like if you think someone has a personality type that's going to result in a certain action and you just kind of put them in that box, put them in that box... Hello. Hello I wonder if it picked that up. Oh fuck, the computer heard us. <laughs> but it I don't know. I'm not I can't I'm I'm farting on an 
on a good example, but I think one, like stressing out would be yeah. like, like like thinking things and you just get stressed out and you can't even do the thing that you were trying to like like studying usually would probably avoid that. But oh, okay. Well, here's a simple example. If investors think the stock market will crash, they will buy with fewer stocks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a kind of easy example. Stonks. A little different, so, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you got any cl- kind of closing remarks? Um, did you, um, well, let's end it on how, how today was the Friday the 13th. Yeah. Do you feel like you had a lucky or unlucky day? I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I think it's funny that, um, the smoke has started rolling in the last couple of days really heavy. So now it's like the aura and the, yeah. the vibe of like the state. Today like kind of felt like Halloween to me a little bit. Well, this is like mini Halloween kind yeah. of. Yeah. It's like unofficial Halloween without all yeah. of the all of the horror and like the the mischief I guess but but then it also is funny that today is the day that the mask mandate is back so that is that a very, is that actually is kind of that's funny. like kind of uh, uncanny that's what kind of that could be an omen yeah it's a weird, but weird now that I think about it this is the only this is the only Friday the thirteenth this year and and it's Oregon's mask mandate came back today for the whole goddamn state and a week ago. Mm. It was going to be like up to the kind of locality, you know, local right. regions, and now it's not. So, well, fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, there you go. Touche. Yeah, so we're going to wrap up there pretty much. Uh, we do um, have some good news. We kind of came to a decision on a better name than what we were fucking with before. So, welcome. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of. Under this new name of Earwax Radio, uh, we're we're happy with it. We'll you know we're not married to it necessarily, but it's it's better, a little more creative than the last one. Hopefully, yeah. We'll just have baby steps. Uh, it came to me in a in a dream. No, I'm just kidding. It came to me from a good friend of mine, pretty much my second dad. He was reminiscing about uh, his old band back in the day, and one of his old bands back in the day, like kind of probably garage kind of grinding with the homies and uh one of the nicknames for his band was earwax and he was telling that story around campfire and i just fucking light bulb went off in me and i kind of just made a mental note of that and then that's kind of where that came from so thanks bob for that thank you bob uh also wanted to thank brandon haynes my roommate for the the logo the first logo for the show that we had so far with this new name Mm -hmm. and we're excited about that and uh yeah, if you don't have anything else, dude, that's pretty much a wrap. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode four. Um, Thank you, and good night.